A translation of the Ballad of Mulan from The Flowering Plum and the Palace Lady, interpretation of Chinese poetry by Han H. Frankel, New Haven, Yale University Press, 1976. Tsk, tsk, and again, tsk, tsk, Mulan weaves facing the door. You don't hear the shuttle's sound. You only hear daughter's sighs. They ask daughter, who is in her heart? They ask daughter, who is on her mind? No one is on daughter's heart. No one is on daughter's mind. Last night I saw the draft posters. The Khan is calling many troops. The army list is in twelve scrolls. On every scroll there's father's name. Father has no grown-up sons. Mulan has no elder brother. I want to buy a saddle and a horse and serve in the army in father's place. In the east market she buys a spirited horse. In the west market she buys a saddle. In the south market she buys a bridle. In the north market she buys a whip. At dawn she takes leave of father and mother. In the evening camps on the yellow river's bank. She doesn't hear the sound of father and mother's calling. She only hears the yellow river's flowing water cry, to send, to send. At dawn, she takes leave of the yellow river. In the evening, she arrives at Black Mountain. She doesn't hear the sound of father and mother calling. She only hears Mount Yen's nomadic horses cry, to sue, to sue. She goes 10,000 miles on the business of war. She crosses passes and mountains like flying. Northern gusts carry the rattle of army pans. Chilly light shines on iron armor. Generals die in a hundred battles. Stout soldiers return after ten years. On her return, she sees the Son of Heaven. The Son of Heaven sits in the splendid hall. He gives out promotions in twelve ranks, and prizes of a hundred thousand and more. The Khan asks her what she desires. Mulan has no use for a minister's post. I wish to ride a swift mount to take me back to my home. When father and mother hear daughter is coming, they go outside the wall to meet her leaning on each other. When elder sister hears younger sisters coming, she fixes her rouge facing the door. When little brother hears elder sister is coming, he wets the knife, quick, quick, for pig and sheep. I open the door to my east chamber. I sit on my couch in the west room. I take off my wartime gown and put on my old-time clothes. Facing the window, she fixes her cloud-like hair. Hanging up a mirror, she dabs on yellow flower powder. She goes out the door and sees her comrades. Her comrades are all amazed and perplexed. Traveling together for 12 years, They did not know Mulan was a girl. The he-hair feet goes hop and skip. The she-hair eyes are muddled and fuddled. Two hairs running side by side close to the ground. How can they tell if I am he or she? Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Commuters Podcast. I'm your fearless host, Emelise, can we all give a round of appreciation for that beautiful poetry, The Ballad of Mulan? Mm, So good. I would love to be able to hear it read aloud in the original um, Chinese language. That would be pretty darn cool if you ask me. I hope you liked my little dramatization of it with background music provided by Anchor, which is the podcast production app that I use to create the Commuters Podcast. If you all want to create your own podcast, that you too can download the Anchor app for free off of Google Play and start creating away. It's pretty darn cool. That's my little app plug. So I guess y'all have guessed by now that the topic of today's podcast is Mulan. Mulan, the live action film, just came out on Disney Plus, and I've seen it oh like three or four times and I am totally obsessed with it and I do mean totally obsessed with it I absolutely love it I 
am and have been obsessed with the 1998 Mulan animation film as well. Absolutely love that. So it only is natural for me to talk about these fantastic movies, which I am obsessed with, and one of which has played a part in my childhood growing up. But I'm not just going to talk about the movies, because why just talk about the movies when you could do some deep diving historical research? Yeah. History is cool. In case y'all didn't know that, history is not just some boring subject. History is awesome and cool, and I love it. So, instead of just talking about the movies, I have decided to do a little bit of a history deep dive into the legend that is Mulan. So, let's get started. The, The legend of Mulan is just that. A legend, a historical, le- a historical fictional legend. To the best of anyone's knowledge, we cannot find any actual recorded evidence that Mulan is an actual historical figure. Mulan first appears in the Ballad of Mulan, which you know you guys already heard. Um, this ballad was penned uh, circa 300 to 500 A.D. Uh, so. We don't know exactly when it was penned, but we do know it was penned within that that 200-year period of time. Since then, Mulan, the character, has appeared in many other ballads, odes, and plays. The other, I was, like, researching, because obviously there's, like, plays and other ballads, and I was just, like, researching, okay, so what are the, what are there the major, major, uh, productions or stories that Mulan has been involved in. And the other second most popular, most major story that she has been involved in is a dramatic retelling of the fall of the Suyi dynasty and the rise of the Tang dynasty in a book called the Romance of the Suyi and Tang Dynasties, uh, which was written in 1695 by this guy. His name was Chu Ro... No, Chu Renhu. Chu Renhu. And he wrote the the Romance of the Suyi and Tang Dynasties, which is a, um, a historical, slightly fictional dramatization of essentially the fall of the Suyi dynasty and the rise of the Tang dynasty. Uh, Many, many scholars believe that it was his attempt at saying that the Tang dynasty is essentially God-sent and that their rise to power was destined in heaven to be so. That's what many people believe. It is a hundred chapter book It has six volumes in it, and as such, I have not read the entire book. I have read excerpts from the book. I have also read summaries of the book by various scholars. No, I did just not Wikipedia and done. In fact, Romancing of the Suiyi and Tang Dynasties cannot be found on Wikipedia. I had to actually go to other scholarly sources. So I did find several scholarly sources and get some... what do you call them, like recaps of what happened in the books, and specifically I found the recap of Mulan's story, a very detailed, a couple of very detailed recaps of Mulan's story in the romance of the Suyi and Tang dynasties, which starts to take place about chapter 58 of the books, Uh, the book, singular book, chapter 58 of the story. I also did some historical timeline research to see if I could figure out what was going on and how Mulan's character played into these historical dramatizations of events. First thing I can tell you is Chu Renhu, um, not incredibly historically accurate as far as I can tell. There is a lot of stuff that is just like mixed up here, mixed up there. That doesn't necessarily correlate there. (laughs) So the guy was definitely using his story as um, 
a play for his own means, but we're not going to hold that against him because people have been doing that forever. He is not the first. He most certainly was not the last to do it. We're going to let it slide this time, but please keep in mind that this is not a accurate historical <laughs> uh, accurate historical documentation of what happened. Essentially, the way it goes is at the start of this chapter, Mulan's family lives under Tuju rule. Um, Tuju is the Chinese kanji word for Turks. So Mulan's family it lives under the Turkish rule. Um, the Turks lived on kind of like that east, uh, yeah, western side of China. Yeah, I had to never eat soggy watermelon there to figure out what side I was talking about. They, the Turks do, did kind of live on like the western side of China. Historically speaking, they had several clashes with um, part of the central China. So it's not incredibly unbelievable that there are villages along the western side of China with Turkish influence in them. In this case, there is a Turkish ruler. He's a, he's a Turkish Khan. I don't have his name. But he is forming an alliance with another dynasty, a Chinese dynasty, to go off and to fight against other Chinese dynasties. Historically speaking, at this point, the Suiyi dynasty really had taken a deep downward fall. And there were several other dynasties that were popping, well, not necessarily popping up, but were uh, attempting to expand their territory and expand their power on the ashes of the Suiyi dynasty. The Tang Dynasty is a large dynasty that also was that was also part of all of this battle stuff going on. But as far as I could tell, there's like at least ten different dynasties. So I don't know who these this particular Turkish Khan was aligned with, but he was aligned with a with another Chinese Khan, and together they were going to create an army and go expand their territories. Yay! <laughs> um, so obviously in the preparation of making this army, the Turkish Khan calls for a draft. And Mulan's father ends up being a part of the draft. Now Mulan is a biracial um, child in this story. She is Turkish-Chinese. She's not just Turkish. She's not just Chinese. She's Turkish-Chinese. And she decides that this gives her the right to take her father's place amongst other reasons. So she dresses up as a man, volunteers to take her father's place in the Turkish-Chinese alliance. Fast forward in time a little bit. The Turkish part of the Turkish-Chinese alliance uh, is defeated at some point during battle. I don't know if the Chinese half of this Turkish-Chinese alliance was also defeated, but I know at the very least the Turkish side was. And the Turkish Khan was captured. Mulan, being the badass that she is, goes and saves the Turkish Khan's life. Um, but in the process, she herself gets captured. Dude, are you gonna go? Or is your car stopped? Or Okay, I'm gonna go. Okay, anyways. Sorry, there's just this random white truck parked in the middle of this road. And she doesn't have hazard lights on or or anything, but I don't know, weird. Anyways, so um, Mulan, free, Mulan, Mulan frees the Turkish Khan, but in turn gets captured herself by the princess of the Shai dynasty. Her name is Shang Yang. Shan Yang. Anyways, she is um, a incredibly good captor, as the story goes. She's not like many, many captors, um, during wartime where they're just like, throw the prisoner in a hole, and if they die, oh well, and if they live, oh well, I don't care, just, I don't want to see them. She turns out to be an incredibly good captor. Such a good captor that Mulan ends up forming a bond with her. I don't know if this is like Stockholm Syndrome kind of bond, but Mulan ends up forming a bond with her, and Mulan reveals her true identity to Shan Yang, and Shan Yang and Mulan become bonded sisters at this point how whatever that means essentially now they're just like yo this is my sister from another mister 
fast forward a, a little bit more time, I don't have exact times. It could have been years, it could have been weeks, it could have been days. Fast forward a little bit in time, and Princess Zhang Yen's father, whose name is, and I wrote it down, give me un momento, um, is Guy Gayande. Her father, Don Gayande, is captured by the Tangs. Uh, and I do say the Tangs, I know for a fact it is the Tangs because of names that are uh, previously done. I mean, for, done for in the future, you'll learn in just a second. So she's, he's captured by the Tangs, by the Tang Dynasty. Um, Mulan and Shang Yang dis, uh, go before the emperor who's, who they name as Taizong and goes before Emperor Taizong with knives in their mouths, which is a symbolic representation of the kind of life-threatening peril they're willing to go through to see that Gayande is released. Taizong is moved by this act of bravery and, and releases Gayande. So, historically speaking, this is where things kind of seriously start to get a little fuzzy. Uh, Don Gayande was in fact captured, is in fact a very real person and was in fact captured by the tanks. However, he was captured circa 621 AD and Emperor Taizong was not, did not ascend to the throne until circa 628 AD. I know you're thinking that's like a seven year difference, but guys, that's like a seven-year difference. That's a lot, <laughs> for starters. During the time that Don Gayande was captured, Emperor, uh, Emperor Taizong was actually known as Li Shimin, and he was a was like the ranking head admiral commander of of Emperor Jayan. Jayozu, Jayozu Emperor's, anyways, the Emperor Jayozu's army. Emperor Jayozu is his dad. Li Shimin uh, killed a couple of his brothers and then deposed his father as emperor and then became Emperor Taizong. So the fact that Mulan and, uh, and Shan Yang go before Emperor Taizong to plead for her father's life is historically inaccurate also historically inaccurate is it makes it sound like Emperor Taizong let Gion, <laughs> let Gayande live. Now Gayande did capture I mean Gayande uh, Lil Shimon did capture Gayande along with a couple of other leaders from op opposing warring factions warring dynasties and he brought them to his father. His father then commanded that Gayande be killed and be executed in a very public manner. And this is incredibly important, not just for history, but also for the story, because Gayande's public execution results in a in the relighting of rebellion in the Shai dynasty, which leads to some problems for Princess Shanyang in the future. The main problem being Lu Cheng. So Lu Cheng is the son of Lu Yao, whose family was bequeathed and loyal to the Suyi dynasty. They were incredible warriors, they were known for their skills with the spear, and Lu Cheng himself has many other great attributes that just kind of make him like Bachelor of the Year. And prior to the whole Shen Yen's father getting captured by the Tangs thing going on. Lu Chen and Shai and Shen Yang were lovers. So during the this first war in which um, Jayande is essentially captured, before that, Lu Chen wrote a letter to a matchmaker asking for Shen Yang's hand in marriage. 
the letter never got delivered to the matchmaker, but it somehow either the actual letter or the contents of the letter become known to Xiang Ye right after her father is captured. And like in between the father getting captured and the sparks of the new rebellion being lit. With the second war coming, Shang Yang knows that her and Lu Chen won't be able to get married because of the war. However, they're lovers and she's, you know, super excited to know that he wanted to marry her. So she decides that she is going to pen a tearful, emotional letter to Lu Chen. She then decides to have, begging apart, to have Mulan deliver said letter. Mulan is like, yes, I shall deliver this letter. Not only shall I deliver this letter, but on my travels, I will retrieve my family who are under the rule of this Turkish Khan dude, and I will bring them back here to live with you because you and I were sworn sisters now, and so I want them to have all the exciting things that that position essentially gives me. Mulan travels to her village where her mother and her father and her older sister live under the Turkish Khan's rule to discover that her father has passed. Clearly several years have passed since Mulan left and was first, you know, first volunteered to take her father's place in the army draft. And her father has passed on, he's died. And according to tradition and just kind of the way things were for pretty much anyone in any part of the world during that time well except for some rare cases where women threw themselves on the pyres of their husbands <laughs> Mulan's mother has remarried so Mulan ar arrives to the village to find that her entire family dynamic has been upset the basically the only person who might even consider following her at this point is her sister because her mother has her has her new family and her father is dead and at this point Mulan is as far as I can tell unmatched and unmarried the Turkish Khan while Mulan has arrived learns that not only is Mulan the person who saved his life uh, Mulan is also a woman According to many cultures and many traditions, if someone saves your life, your life is indebted to them. And this Turkish Khan, with having thought Mulan was a man, was totally down with that. But now that he's learned that Mulan is a woman, he's decided that, no, I don't owe my life to you. In fact, you're going to become my concubine. Um, can I just take a moment and say, WTF boy, the, I mean, are you, are you kidding me right now? Aren't you kidding me right now? I mean, can we just talk about a delicate masculinity? Okay, girl saves your life. You could have ended up like Gayande and been executed publicly by the tanks, but you weren't because Mulan saved your life. And instead of being like, dude, you badass, you're like, dude, I can't have other guys thinking that this woman is better than me because she saved me, so I'm gonna make her my sex slave. Like, the hell? The hell? Sometimes, 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 I'm telling you, some people's kids. Anyways, for whatever reason, Mulan does not see a, a clear path out of this situation that she now finds herself in, where the Turkish Khan is like, yo, you're gonna be my concubine. So she decides to take her own life on the grave of her father. It says in the story that she slits her throat on her father's grave. Decla and this is her declaring that she will only be loyal to her father in life and her father is passed and so she also dies so that way she can continue to be loyal to him after death. And that ends Mulan's story. However, it doesn't necessarily end the narrative that we're in because Mulan, prior to taking her life, tasked her sister, Yulan, with delivering the letter that Shangyan has written for Chen. Yulan agrees to do this. She dresses as a male scholar and travels to the Tang capital city. Um, she was able to get away with this because during the Tang Empire, during the, the rise of the Tang Empire, uh, they were very adamant about 
bringing scholars to the central cities to have them taught and to have them trained so that way they have the best scholars and probably has something to do with you know making sure they're all teaching the exact same you know tang approved doctrine so she manages to get to the central city and she delivers the letter to Chang. Fast forward time, Chang's received the letter. Um, my guess is he has decided that he's going to go and get Shang Yang and marry her anyways. At some point he learns, based off of like other female gossip, that Yulan is actually a woman and not the male scholar that she is pretending to be. However, instead of doing something like saying, hey, I know the truth and you don't have to hide, or hey, I know the truth, but don't worry, your secret's safe with me. Instead, he decides to test her masculinity, which is just another one of those, what? Why? This doesn't make no, okay, anyways. So, beg your pardon, just a second. Thank you! Sorry, that was loud. Anyways, I swear, I don't have Rona. <laughs> anyways, he decides to test Yulan's masculinity by asking her, um, but he is making it, he is giving her the impression that he still thinks she's a guy, to sleep in the same bed with him. And Yulong is like, what? And he's like, look, we're two guys. It's totally okay for us to plutonically share a bed. Like, it's fine. And Yulan probably thinking, well, you know, if I tell him no, he's going to think something's up and he's going to guess I'm a woman, agrees to share the same bed as him. Uh, fast forward a couple of months, um, and it does say, in this case, I do actually have like a time period. It's a couple of months. <laughs> fast forward a couple of months, and Princess Shan Yang has discovered that Cheng and Yulan are sharing a bed. She has also discovered that Yulong is a woman. Yulan is a woman. I don't know if, like, at this point, Cheng's like, yeah, Yulan, I know you're a woman, or if he's still letting her run with this idea that, that you know, she is a male scholar. I don't know. But uh, as pretty much, I'm guessing, any woman would be finding out that their former lover and possibly currently betrothed is discovers is find that he's sharing a bed with another woman, Shang Yang decides to test Cheng's virtue by testing to see if Yulan is still a virgin. Shang Yan has a magical jade pendant that will tell Yulan if, will tell her if Yulan is a virgin. And obviously if Yulan is a virgin, then Cheng hasn't slept with her. But if she isn't a virgin, then there's a good chance that Cheng has slept with her. And so we can proceed from there. Yulan is still a virgin. She has, I mean, aside from, you know, possible, you know, making out with, uh, with this guy in his bed. They have not, you know, ever gone <laughs> to that kind of extremes. And so, Chang Yan decides that this means that Chang still loves her and has feelings for her and decides that she's going to get married to him. Chang ends up marrying Chang Yang and Yulong for some reason. I don't know how it went from, yo, you, are you sleeping with my man to, yo, you, you're going to be my sister wife. I don't know how that all transpired. To be completely honest, once Mulan died, I stopped doing in-depth, deep-diving research. And at that point, I just kind of went, yeah, we'll just finish out the story. <laughs> so that's the story. That is the story that is the little bit of, of dramatization that Mulan's character has a direct and immediate effect on in the story of the romance of the Suyi and Tang dynasties. So, pretty crazy stuff. What do we know? What do we know about Mulan? Well, we know a couple things about Mulan. One, we know that Mulan is ethnically diverse. We know this because she, because her character herself was written, you know, in like this 200 time year, 200 span of time years and without any, without actually being given any like specific tribe in the Ballad of Mulan, she wasn't necessarily given a specific dynasty or specific people that she was identified with. In the in the book, the literature, Romance of the Sui and Tang Dynasties, she is portrayed as a biracial person. So I think 
it's cool that Mulan is ethnically diverse. We also know, based on the poem and the book, that Mulan is a selfless person who does things for selfless reasons, for the most part selfless reasons, to try and assist those around her that she loves, which is pretty darn cool. We also know that Mulan is not an only child, as some people would have you believe. She's not an only child. She has, according to the poem, she has an older sister and a younger brother. And according to the book, she has at least an older sister, which is all pretty, pretty cool. We also know that according to the histories that Mulan, it's unclear if Mulan ever actually got married. Um, Obviously, in the romance of the Sui and Tang dynasties, she did not get married. She instead, you know, was almost forced to become a concubine and then, you know, decided to take her own life rather than be submitted to that fate. Uh, But in the poem, you know, she served for 12 years in the army and then she comes home and she puts on her dress. She's like, oh, by the woman, by the way, I'm a woman. But it doesn't end with her having any romantic interest whatsoever or even possibly being married. So that's what we know about Mulan based off the histories. What? Okay, so this has been running for a minute. Uh, I'm going to hit the pause button and take a break. And when I say take a break, I mean come back in a couple of hours when I got to commute back home. (laughs) And I am going to talk to you about the movies Mulan, the animated film of 1998, and the live action film of 2020. I will see you guys for me in a couple hours. For you guys, more like in, you know, five seconds. Warning, warning, spoilers imminent. Hello, 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 everybody. I'm back and I'm ready to talk about Mulan, the animated movie and the live action film. I know I said that I was gonna like talk to you on my commute home, but I just got so excited. I'm on my lunch, so instead you guys are traveling with me as I run over to Panera and get myself some Panera bread. I went ahead and I pre-ordered a Caesar salad and a roasted turkey avocado BLT with a hot coffee, and it's gonna be awesome. So, talking about Mulan, the animated movie. We should definitely start with the animated movie. I loved the animated movie the instant I saw it for so many reasons. I think the main reason I absolutely loved it is because Mulan was such a strong, independent, smart woman. You know, uh, I love Disney and I love a lot of the Disney fairy tales, but one of the kind of like key noticeability things about Disney princesses prior to this point is that they're all, I mean, mean, prior to that point in the 1998 animation was, they were all, um, they were all not, uh, how, how do I put this without it making sound fat? Uh, they, they all needed saving, essentially, is how it goes. They needed, they, you know, Belle needed saving from her dreary life. Sleeping Beauty needed saving from the evil, uh, from the evil queen. Snow, uh, Snow White needed saving from the evil queen. Uh, the Little Mermaid needed saving from, uh, the, the, like, Ursula, you know, like, on and on and on and on. Great movies, great stories that I absolutely love, but they all needed saving at some point in time. Mulan did not need saving or need anyone to save her at any point in the film. Like, obviously, Mushu assisted her in helping her hide her secret and pretended to kind of be like her coach to being a man, but at the end of the day, Mulan did everything, accomplished pretty much everything off of her own merit. She was like kicking names and taking ass all on her own. (laughs) If you guys got that reference, go ahead and message me 
on my Facebook page, message me. I now have a TikTok, message me on TikTok. Uh, message me on Instagram. Hopefully we'll have a Twitter page here soon. Twitter and I got into a fight a couple years back and I'm just, I'm still not sure if I'm ready to get on there yet. <laughs> Anyways, and that's what I think I loved most about the Mulan animation film was just that presence of a incredibly smart, strong, young, sophisticated woman. Obviously, one of the main problems that kind of came out of the 1998 Mulan animation film is, historically speaking, it was inaccurate for, for several reasons. Um, the main one being kind of like having to do with the Huns crossing the Great Wall and attacking central China. Here's where the main problem of that lies. The Huns, being the nomadic tribe that they were, during the uh, third and through like the third and fifth centuries, which was the initial time that the Ballad of Mulan was written, the Huns were not necessarily present in Asia and in China, more to be specific. The Huns were definite uh, persecutors, definitely went after hardcore the Roman Empire and did a lot of raiding and living in the in the third through fifth centuries in Europe. Um, they even settled down and became less nomadic for a small time on the Hungarian plains, which is like really, really, really far away from central China where the story supposedly takes place. That's kind of like a lot of people's main problem with the with with the historical uh, problems regarding Mulan, amongst other things, the 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 Ballad of Mulan and uh, and several other stories surrounding Mulan. She is not an only child. Um, she's not necessarily even the oldest child, and in some cases, she doesn't even have a brother. The main point of the story is that Mulan was the one who was brave enough and had the ability to take her father's place in the war draft. So that was kind of an important thing to a lot of people. Uh, something that was important to me, and I know that it was important to other people as well, is the fact that they, they had a romantic interest for Mulan in the animated film, which I'm not necessarily 100% against. But for historical reasons, Mulan for 12 years lived in the army and had no romantic interest whatsoever. And in the books, in, in the book, the Romance of the Sui and Tang Dynasties, Mulan didn't have any romantic in, uh, interest and she ended up actually dying, not having been mashed or wet. So I understand Disney giving her that happy, romantic, happily ever after, but Historically speaking, it, it was not something that was in the stars or necessary for Mulan to be happy. And it kind of did kind of suggest this idea that a woman is not complete without, you know, a man. And it's like, eh, that's not necessarily true. A lot of people saw it that way. I still love the movie, 100% love the movie, and I uh, watch it on a regular basis. Uh, I love... I love Mushu the dragon, I love the cricket, I love the soundtrack. The soundtrack it's, itself is freaking fantastic. Um, so I still love the movie, absolutely 100% say go watch the movie. Understanding there are some historical inaccuracies, but don't hold that against the overall plotline and the overall glory that is Mulan, the animated film. So let's talk about Mulan, the live action film. Mulan the live action film was filmed and started to be filmed with the promise of helping to write some of those historical inaccuracies and some of those historicals, um, misjustices, uh, one could say done to the story of Mulan. And that was super duper appealing for a lot of people. The main thing that I think a lot of people initially since since starting to, to, to do this podcast, I have learned about other things that people have problems with the live action of the Mulan film. 
Um, but at initially one of the things that I know a lot of people were like, what is the fact that Mulan it was not going to be a musical and was not going to feature characters like the cricket or Mushu, who was incredibly, I gotta say, it's probably a lot of people's favorite character. One of my favorite sidekicks at, throughout Disney is definitely Mushu. So I know that made me sad, but I was still excited to see what happened. And I can say that the live action for me did not disappoint. One of the things that I absolutely loved about it was the fact that they paid homage to many of the key selling points and key happenings of the animated film in the new Mulan film, doing it in subtle ways that was just like, ha, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. For example, the very beginning of the movie, Mulan is chasing a chicken around and she's trying to cat to catch the chicken and stick it back in its pen where it belongs and in the process she ends up breaking the wing of a stone phoenix which sits outside her family shrine did you catch did you catch what the what's going on there okay so essentially what it is is it is that homage to Mushu breaking the stone dragon that was the family guardian and protector because the phoenix in this film is the family guardian and protector. That was thoroughly fantastic. A lot of people, um, uh, Mushu, aside from being a great side character, did kind of serve as like a guide for Mulan throughout the movie and helped her to kind of see what she should do next and see where she should go next and in the movie the phoenix does do that job the phoenix shows up specifically for mulan there is no evidence at any point in time in the movie that anyone other than mulan sees the phoenix but the phoenix is there to help just um just by its mere presence kind of give strength to Mulan and help her see what the correct path is. So that was fantastic to see them still have her that give her that ancient guardian to help her throughout her journey. I absolutely love that. Along with other things, there were, there, there were other great moments. I The soundtrack of Mulan itself was the, the animated film. They paid homage to where the soundtrack belonged in the movie by playing you know, instrumental covers of it in the background of certain moments. When Mulan is getting ready to meet the matchmaker, you hear in the background, you know, you'll bring honor to us all. I love the matchmaking ceremony. The matchmaking ceremony was fantastic. Uh, in this movie, they did bring back Mulan's older sister, Yulan, and she is afraid of spiders. And in the matchmaking ceremony, Mulan is doing an excellent job, but then while she after she finishes serving the tea a spider starts crawling towards her sister so she places the teapot on top of the spider so as to keep the spider from crawling towards her sister which as you guys know with the teapot and the cricket in the movie in the in the animated film leads the matchmaker to ask Mulan to move the pot and then the insect causes all kinds of problems for Mulan and the matchmaker and the matchmaker ends up being incredibly angry at Mulan and her family and saying that she is a disgrace and she can't bring honor to her family and that happens as well and it was an excellent scene uh, some very excellent points uh very excellent points and very excellent uh mirroring to the matchmaking scene of the animated film without being without being over the top ridiculous and that's not the way things necessarily would have gone i did i did indeed love that scene some great, some great action sequences as well in the live action film. I absolutely loved several, I mean, it was just, it was just good fight choreography, good, good martial arts technique. I mean, it was just very believable and very excellent. And it had, had me sitting on the edge of my seat and appreciating also the way that the film movie was filmed was excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I was just trying to think of what, um... Oh, a major difference between the the animated film and the live action is the appearance of the witch. So, 
I should probably, I'm going to put in at the beginning of this whole thing, spoilers imminent, spoilers imminent, warning, spoilers imminent. Uh, there is a witch that is on the Ruan side of the, of the battle. And she is essentially fighting, um, she hopes and she thinks for a world where a woman can be accepted as a warrior. She herself was cast out for being, having a strong chi as they call it, and having a warrior's disposition and a warrior's personality, and she ended up becoming a shadow witch and being able to use shadow magic. And through that, she's basically siding with the Ruans against the, the Chinese emperor in order to see a world where she, people like herself, don't have to live in fear. She discovers Mulan during the ever so important battle outside the garrison, which leads to the avalanche, which leads to Mulan's unmasking. She, she figures out Mulan is a woman and she helps Mulan to have the courage, um, to prove that she is a woman, to show off that she is a woman. And uh, later her and Mulan, Mulan connect through being females in a similar situation, uh, reminiscent to me very much of kind of the soul sister bond that Mulan and Princess Sheng Yang had in the romance of the Sui and Tang dynasties. So I did love that little piece in there. It was just excellent. It just kind of added to the story and all around it. Mm, loved it. Loved it. Also, the ending. The ending of Mulan was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, they didn't completely get rid of any romantic interest for Mulan. They did have her still like the uh, the other warrior. Uh, what was this? Shang. Shen? Shang. Uh, I can't remember right at the moment. But anyways, her love interest, who was her commander in the animated movie, instead of being her commander, is just a fellow warrior. Uh, he does come up to Mulan and say, oh, I hope to see you again. And you do get the idea that there is a slightly romantic connection between them, but they don't necessarily make it to the point where it's like, oh, definitely by the, by the end of the week, they will be matched like it was in the movie. She says, hi. She says, maybe we'll see each other again. Maybe you can visit my village. And, and that's the last we see of Shang, I think is his name. But Mulan, after going home, um, does have the commander of the Emperor's Guard come to her with a sword, which he gifts to her for being, you know, one of the best warriors and a brave, loyal, and true warrior of the Chinese Empire and asks her once again, now that she's come home and made amends with her family, to join the, join the Emperor's Guard to become a commanding officer. And you see in the reflection of the sword, you see the phoenix behind her and movie ends essentially. And you just kind of get this overall feeling of, yes, Mulan can do anything at this point in time. She could get married. She could become, you know, the emperor of China for all you know. It was excellent. It was an excellent ending. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. So many good nugget, nuggety information and just I mean, excellent storytelling and excellent filming. I absolutely, absolutely loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I do recommend it as a great family night movie. Funny story regarding the Mulan live action movie to be a um, great family movie. I was at my friend's house and I was like, yo, did you know that the live action of Mulan is available on Disney Plus without having to have one of those stupid premiere access thingies? And she was like, what? We should watch it. My friend Frankie, if I didn't say that already, I was at Frankie's house and I was like, yes, yes, we should. So we go to put it on on the TV and the kids being kids, because kids are kids, are like, I don't want to watch this movie. I don't like this movie. And I told them the truth. I said, well, one, you don't know if you don't like this movie because you've never seen this movie before. Two, this is a fantastic story about a very strong woman who saves a country, saves a nation. And they were like, uh-huh, sure, yeah, whatever. Not really paying attention to the movie, 
by about halfway through the film, both kids were just engrossed in the movie, laying down on the floor, watching it silently. I don't know the last time I heard both of her kids be silent at the same time because they're in that toddler phase. So if one of them's being quiet, the other one's being loud. It's just the way they are. And it's absolutely adorable, but they were both silently watching the movie, thoroughly engrossed. That was excellent, like winning moment for Frankie and me. We were like, yes, that should tell you how great this film is, that we can ca capture the attention of, a, you know, people in their 20s and kids in like their toddler years <laughs> it was excellent really cool interesting fact that Frankie shared with me also while we were watching the movie is Christina Aguilera I knew um I, I love the original soundtrack of the animated version of Mulan it was excellent I loved it I loved it I loved it I loved it um, I did not realize that Christina Aguilera had done a pop cover single of Reflection. I didn't know that. So when it came out that Christina Aguilera was doing the singles for the Mulan live action film, I thought it was great. I thought it was cool. I would, wanted to see where she took it. I didn't realize there was that connection, but there is that connection as she reprised her role of doing the singles for Mulan. So I thought that was pretty darn cool. Also, the original actress of Mulan, whose name is Ming-Na Wen, had a cameo appearance in the live action film of Mulan. I thought that was pretty darn cool. As soon as I saw her, I was like, oh my gosh, it was fantastic. Overall, fantastic movie, fantastic. I loved the reconciliation of some of the historical inaccuracies, and I loved still the honoring and the and the homage paid to the original animated film with if it hadn't been such a huge success would not have led to this fantastic movie that it is today. So, 20 minutes. I'm I'm getting good about this. I'm getting good about being able to talk for about 20 minutes and then being quiet so that way I don't drag this out for forever. <laughs> if you guys liked this episode, if you guys liked the other episodes, please check out the rest of my episodes at The Commuters Podcast. You can find me here on Anchor. You can find me on Google Podcasts. You can find me on Rocket cast you can find me on pocket cast you can find me on spotify and hopefully many many other great forms of podcast media also check me out on tiktok and instagram and my facebook page at the commuters podcast i hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you have any suggestions for future episodes please drop a note drop a message drop a comment and just let me know in the meantime you guys have a great rest of your day. I hope you're staying happy, safe, and healthy.